leaders, you know, but I was like, what should I fast? And I was like, man, I'm going to fast, you know, meat. I'm going to go vegan for a month. I was, I was like super dedicated. I was like, man, I'm going to go vegan. And if you guys don't know me, I hate greens. You know, I hate salad. To me, salad is like eating grass, right? It's the definition of being a coward. You know, like, like I don't, I hate, I hate it. You know what I mean? But then, so I was like, man, I'm going to go vegan. You know, that's, that's the way to go. You know, this is the way for you Mandalorian fans. This is the way, you know what I mean? Like, this is the way. And I was like, yeah, super convinced. And then all of a sudden I tell my wife, I was like, yo, I'm going to go vegan for a month. I'm going to fast, you know, me, you know, you know my heart, you know? And she looks at me and she's like, no, you mean, you mean you're going to fast cod. And I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about right now? We get behind me. You know what I mean? She was like, she's like, no, no, no. You're not fasting meat. You're fasting cod, right? Right? You're fasting war zone. You're fasting video games, right? And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Don't don't say this. Don't say this. So I ran away, right? I ran away to the bathroom. And I do my business. And while I'm doing my business, all I can think about is war zone. Warzone, video games, video games. Oh, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, have mercy. And then I come out of the bathroom and I go to my wife and I'm like, Joanne, you're right. I'm fasting car. <laughs> and it seems silly. It seems silly. But dude, I, was, I realized something. I was addicted to cod. Like literally, like. I, I was telling the leaders, I watch like seven, eight streamers a day, dude. I'm like watching them all the time, playing the game that I'm probably going to play at night. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I'm like, what? If I'm not playing it, I'm watching others play it. You know, and, and I, I, I consume myself in it. And then this past week, you know, we started to fast and I was like, okay, I'm not going to wa- I'm not going to watch COD. I'm not even going to think about COD. I'm not going to play COD. If I see something on social media with COD, I'm going to swipe real quick. You know, I, was, I told myself and I was committed. And this week, I did that and let me tell you something I was like I was dying in the beginning I was like oh shoot oh shoot you know like my housemates are playing and I'm like at the door like trying to listen in like oh like oh shoot oh what are you talking about what are you talking about oh 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 he's on the left oh he's down oh they're in the gulag you know what I mean like like I'm just like listening you know and I'm like trying to like you know peep in but but it was like a struggle but it actually cost me something it might seem silly. It might seem like, oh man, that's, that's silly, Pastor Ball. But I realized that even games started dictating my life. It started shifting the way I lived. It started shifting the way I thought. It started shifting the way I approached God. And I didn't even realize it until I gave it up to the Lord. Why am I saying this? If I were to give God meat, sure, it would have been hard. Sure, it would have been a little difficult, but it would not have changed much. If, if the Lord spoke through my wife, my wife goes, hey, sacrifice video games because I feel the conviction of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is strong. God, leave in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, nah, bro, nah. I'm going vegan for a month. I am deliberately disobeying the Lord. I'm just going to say it. Can I tell you right now, there's a difference in sacrifice. Not all sacrifices are the same in the kingdom of God. 
I know you probably never heard this before. You know, in the church, we're good at man sacrifice, you know, give it up, you know, do this and do that. But let me tell you right now, not all sacrifices are the same in the kingdom of God. How do I know this? It's because I see it in the passage we read. Um, Let me give you a little background of what's happening right before. The Philistines are gathering an army against the Israelites, and they're like, yo, we're going to come, and we're going to destroy this fool. You know what I mean? And and, and Saul's over here. He's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And and Samuel told him, hey, I'm going to come in these number of days, and I'm going to bless your army so that you guys will defeat the Philistines. And all of a sudden, you know, Saul's waiting. He's like, okay, when is this going to happen? What? Like, when is this guy going to come? Like, imagine. Imagine, like, he waited, like, a certain amount of days, and then there's, uh, there's like, a there's like a, a, a antidote or something that's about to come, but he's like, oh, shoot, I can't, I can't, like, I can't wait. So he gets, like, a freaking generic brand. That's what this guy did. He couldn't wait for the real thing, so he got the generic brand. You know what I mean? And he's like, yo, when is he going to come? You know, I, I'm not sure when the timeline's going to look like. You know, I don't know, you know, how our life is going to look like in a couple of days. You know, we might be dead by the time Samuel shows up, you know. And it says this. It says this. This is key. He says he looked at the people, right, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring the offering. So here's what happened. Saul was waiting on God to come, but because his eyes were fixated on people, he took his own reign and said, I will do it, what God has promised to do. And he he made a sacrifice. Now, was the sacrifice bad? No. Sacrifice is a sacrifice in the eyes of man. Did he give to the Lord what he was originally still going to give? Yes. But it is the heart that was completely different. It was the heart that was completely different. I see a lot of saws in this generation of believers, if I'm honest with you. Even myself, God revealed to me that I carry the same heart as all. What do I mean by this? I realize as believers, sometimes when we're waiting for the Lord, we get tired. And we take things in our own hands. We start to try to manipulate. We try to emulate. We try to make something out of something that's not there. What do I mean by that? You try to act like a good Christian. You try to act like you don't have sin. You try to act like you're okay. You try to act like your life is all together. Let me tell you right now, those are sacrifices that mean nothing. Because that doesn't reflect the true intent of your heart. I'm sorry to say, you emulating a good Christian life is not the same as having a healthy relationship with Jesus. Just as Saul's uh, offering to God is not the same as him entrusting God to come and take over. We have, as believers, 
changed the way we approach God, especially in this season. You know why? I know exactly why. We've been in COVID for nine months. I said this, you know, during a meeting, and, and Karen teacher was like, yo, time is fake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, time is fake, man. Like, what's time? You know? Like, and I agree, man. Time is fake. I, I don't even know what month we're in. I still think we're in 2020. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know? But, but I was like, man, we've been in this nine months. We've been, in, we've been in this nine months. And guess what? So many people have been clinging on to, like, yo, God's going to show up. God's going to do his thing. God's going to, oh, he's about to come. You know, like, it's like the Philistines are like COVID. COVID is like, oh, I'm about, I'm about to get you. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know, and you're just like, oh, shoot. Oh, but God's going to come. God is coming. And then, and then all this injustice happening is like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And you're just like, oh, God's going to come. God's going to come. But there comes a moment where you're like, oh, shoot, maybe he's not going to come. Oh, shoot, maybe the timeline that I had, okay, I thought he was going to come by November, but he's not here in, 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 in December 30, December 40th, he's not even here yet. Oh, I thought he was going to come by a certain time, by December, he's going to come. But guess what? We're already four into December and he's not here yet. Can I tell you right now, let me tell you, God wants to break down your timeline right now. God wants to break down an appointed time that you place on God right now because that is going to lead you to destruction because that's a sign, a clear sign of pride on your part. I'm sorry to say, if it doesn't work in your timeline, it's because he is coming and it's in his timeline. I'm sorry to say. I believe God is breaking down timelines right now. Believers need to stop putting timelines on themselves. Some believers, I know for a fact, said, man, if God doesn't move by 2021, I quit. Let me tell you right now, who are you to say that? I'm sorry. I don't want to be a pastor that says, oh, man, please don't quit. Please don't give up. Let me tell you, I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I do not serve you. Our timelines are being shifted in this season. And yes, it is scary. Yes, the enemy is right there. We see them right here coming towards us. We see the enemy on each side coming towards us. But let me tell you, it is more important that you keep the laws of God. It is more important to trust the Lord than to take it in your own hands and act as if it isn't sacrificed to God. It doesn't work like that. And then we see moving forward. It says that he gets the offering. He says, bring me the offering. He gives the burnt offering. As he's about to give the peace offering, all of a sudden, Samuel comes up and he's like, yo, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, like what, what are you doing? Like, he, this guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm giving this offering to the Lord, you know, cutting up the sheep and whatever the heck he's doing, you know. And he's like burning it. He's like, oh, here's, here, you, here you go, Lord. And all of a sudden, Samuel comes and he's like, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, what? What are you doing? Ah. 
It says, I saw that the people, this is his answer, right? This is Saul's answer. It says, I saw that the people were scattered from me and that they did not come within the day, and that you did not come within the day appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered the Mi'kmaq, and I said, now the Philistines will come down against us, and, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord, so I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Okay, there's a lot of things that he said that confuses me, okay? First, he says this, I saw the people were scattered, from me. Here is a man who cares about people more than God. He didn't say, I saw that the people started losing hope in the Lord. He didn't say, I saw that the people were started scattering away from God. He didn't say, I saw that the people were starting to run away or do whatever from God. But here's what I'm saying, right? He said this. He said, I, I saw that people were scattering from me. Let me tell you right now. This is why I'm sharing this today. And I believe this is a conviction I have. We as Christians have started to see that people are scattering from us and we're starting to respond to it. It's not about people scattering from you. If we continue as believers living for people, we will continue to disobey God. I'm being honest. If you continue to respond to a situation because you see people, I will say this, you are probably disobeying God. You know, recently what happened was, uh, all these stuff happened, right? This past week, we had an event. I don't know if you believe it or not, but it was this past week. We had the, the rushing of, of, of the Capitol Hill. With these crazy people, they were like, oh, let me just rush Capitol Hill. And they went up and they were like attacking, you know, and breaking windows and going inside and sitting on tables. And it was crazy. I was literally watching on the TV and I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And like all these different things going, going through my mind. I'm like, oh, it's the end of the world. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, America's done. You know, like, oh, they're going to get a politician. And, and freaking, where's Gerard Butler? You know, Olympus has fallen. You know, I'm like, where is this guy? You know, and, and I'm like freaking out. You know, I'm like, what's going to happen? And then I'm watching all these things. And I get this conviction like, oh, I got to say something. I, I got to say something. So I get on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I'm about to bash these fools. I'm about to attack these guys. I'm about to tell them how bad they are, how reckless they are. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh, I'm about to do it. Oh, it's going to happen, man. Oh, let me just bring out some Bible verses. Let's do it. Blah, 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 blah. And I was about to do it. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. Boom. And I was like, oh, the conviction of the Lord came over me. And he said, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And then he took me back to when, when things were happening with, I don't know, there was this, there was this uh, pastor who was trying to hold the worship in Skid Row. I won't say his name, but, but he was trying to do this thing where he was going to gather a bunch of people in Skid Row and do all these things. And I had my own opinions. And he took me back to that. I actually wrote something in regards to that. I was like, man, that is unwise. You know, that's not, you know, Christ-like. Blah, 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 blah. I wrote all those things. He took, me that, he took me back to that moment. And he spoke to me. He said, why did you do that? And I was like, man, God, like, 
It was wrong. It was not right. I, I, I was right. And he's like, and, and, I, and I was like, justifying myself in my heart. And I kept telling myself, like, I, yeah, it's, it's all good, man. You know what? I'm going to continue. And I pulled out my phone. I was like, oh, I'm going to. And then the conviction comes. And he was like, look, you didn't do it in obedience to me. You did it to appease the crowd. I thought I was doing good for the Lord when I was actually trying to do good for people. Let me tell you right now, I refuse from this point to do good for people. I'd rather do what's good in the Lord. I'm going to say this. If we as a believer is quicker to post on Instagram than quicker to get on our knees, it's because you forgot the sovereignty of God. If you as a believer, you're faster to respond to the public, but you're slower to respond to God in obedience, is because you forgot the sovereignty of God. That's what happened with Saul, with, with Saul right here. He stopped waiting on the Lord, and he sought to appease the crowd. That is not what Christ is calling us to do in this season. We need believers that are willing to wait on the Lord. We need believers that are, that are willing to wait on the Holy Spirit's lead. If you see this, this passage, Saul would have ended up giving sacrifice to the Lord if he just waited. It says he just finished one of the sacrifices and Samuel just shows up. He's like, yo, I'm finally here. Let's get it all. And he's like, what? Did the enemy attack already? No. All he had to do was wait. But because he wanted to appease men, he couldn't wait any longer. Let me tell you right now, Christians, right now in the season, we need brothers and sisters to wait on the Lord. He has not forsaken your promises that he's made over you. He has not forsaken the things that he's spoken to the word. He has not forsaken. He is asking us to wait on the Lord. We can no longer appease the crowd. You know, I've seen all these posts, and I'm probably going to get attacked for this because of cancer culture which is from the enemy, I'll say it right now. But I've seen people that say, hey, Christians, if you don't say something right now, unfollow me. Hey, Christians, if you're not going to do anything right now, fight me. Something like that. Can I tell you right now, we're not supposed to respond by actually speaking into the world, we're supposed to see that and say, Lord, I'm getting on my knees. Lord, what do you want me to do? What's my next step? What, what are you calling me to do in this season? What does your word say? But too many believers in the season have been trying to appease the crowd. And their excuse is, we got to be Christ-like. 
You know what Christ like is? Is going into the garden of Gethsemane, getting on your knees and saying, Lord, I know what I want. I know that I don't want to take the cup. I know that this is going to be a burden that's too heavy for me. But Lord, if it is your will, let it be done. That's Christ-like. What happens to the believers that will be on their knees to seek after the will of God? What happens to the believers that will get on their knees to repent for a nation? What happens to the, 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 the Christians who will say, Lord, it is your word first before the words of man? We need to wake up. And right after what happens with Saul, Samuel responds in this matter. It says, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commands of the Lord your God with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Because of this very event, okay, Saul, right, literally Samuel just told Saul, guess what? You know your kingdom that you've been so, like, you've been working so hard to keep? Guess what? It's going to be stripped from you. And I think this is a word that we need to take to heart. God has the power to give and to take away. I know this is a hard word to hear, but this is the truth. God's character has not changed. Many people think that God changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. No, he's the same God. The only thing that changed was Jesus. But guess what? We think, so many Christians think that God is no longer the Lord of the Lords, the King of Kings, but he's just a friend. He's just this father. He's this helper. Let me tell you right now, the Lord is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He deserves our full devotion. Because he's not just here to take away your sin. He's here to reign in your life. And what he gives in you, he has the right to take away from you. Some Christians are forsaking the promises of the season to come because of the way that they respond to what's in this season now. Some, some Christians have so many things coming for them in the next season, but guess what? Because they're not taking care of what's in this season, they will never reap in the next season. So how do we reap in the next season? It's by taking care of what's in this season now well. And the reason and the way that we do this is by trusting in the Lord fully. That's why I believe we've seen a drop in so many people going to church because they chose not to take care of the season they're in. 
and they're not seeing the promise being fulfilled. And things aren't going the way that they want. I'm sorry to say, we need to take care of and cherish every season the Lord gives us. Here is the silver lining. And it's this. God tells Sam, Samuel, Sam, Samuel. <laughs> yeah, he's my friend. Let's call him Sam. <laughs> he, he tells Samuel <laughs> to tell Saul because you've disobeyed me, because you couldn't wait for me, because you appeased the crowd, I'm going to choose someone else. Someone who is after my own heart. And here's the silver lining in this. Here's the answer. We need to be people that are after God's heart. You know what's interesting about the life of David? Um, when before he became this king, there is no recollection of God showing up to David's house while he's sleeping and going, David, wake up, man. And then David wakes up and says, guess what? You need to give me, you need to give me um, 10 sheep, get your best ones. You got to skin them a certain way, okay? And then take it to the corners of the world, bury it burn it, go back two years, pull it out. No, he, there's not a recollection. You know, you, you know what's crazy? He was literally tending the sheep, minding his own business, like, oh yeah, you know, watching the sheep, worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden someone runs like, hey, all your brothers failed the test. You, come on. You know, we almost forgot about you, but it's okay. Just come on. You know, forget about that part. Just come, you know. And then, and then Samuel goes and he's like, oh, yeah, this is the one. The Lord's like, this is the one. He anoints him right away. Boom. Hey, guess what? You're going to be king, okay? Get ready, all right? Bye. Boom, he leaves. And I'm like, what? There's no crazy sacrifice. There's no crazy like, oh, you better do this. You better do this. But you know why? Because a man after your own heart was already inside of him. That was just who he was in, as a whole. That was just who he was. It was not a sacrifice. God didn't say, hey, you got to do this to be a man after your, my own heart. He said, there is a man after my own heart. That means David, while he was playing, he was already a man after God's heart. It's not a sacrifice God is asking you in this season. It's for you to devote yourself to the heart of God in this season. It's to say, Lord, I, I want your heart. I need your heart. I desire your heart. Just like in Psalms, when he falls into sin, he says, cast me not away from your spirit, O oh God. Because his spirit was all he needed. Because his presence is all he wanted. Because his heart is what he desired. Amen.
Roman's like, eh, eh. That's what he desires. He's not looking for a good Instagram post. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really sorry. Some people take like an hour probably thinking of like, what should I say? How should I word this? How can this really convict people? Let me tell you, he's not looking for an Instagram post. I'm, I, I'm really sorry. He's looking for a man or a woman that's after his heart. Where do you stand? Where are you right now? Where are you right now? Are you like Saul, appeasing the crowd? Forsaking your blessings because you can't wait. Are you like David in the pastures seeking after the presence of God? We have a great opportunity. Can I be honest? Many of us might think we're Saul, but our situation looks more like David. What do I mean by that? We might think that we're the king of our world, but guess what? You're just in your room by yourself <laughs> with nobody seeing you most of the time during the day. You might think the world is looking at you like, what are you gonna say? What are you, how are you gonna lead us? But guess what? You're more like David where no one knows really what you're doing with your life. Uh, I'm, I'm just being honest. I, I just, that's the same for me too. Like I, I, but guess what? That's a blessing. That's an invitation. And I'm gonna end it with this. We've been given an invitation to shift our hearts to be a man or woman that's after God's heart. And many of us have forsaken that invitation by succumbing to what the world is doing, what the world is saying, how the world is moving, what the world desires from us. Let me tell you, it is now time for the church to forsake the things of the world, to gain the things of eternity. A heart that is fully devoted to God. Would you change your rooms into the pastures of the Lord? Would you change your, your chairs that you're sitting on into the pastures of the Lord? Would you change the floor that you stand on, the floor that you kneel on, the bed that you lay on into the pastures of the Lord? And I will promise you, the Lord will call you into a place of fruitfulness that you are not even ready for. That's what happened to David. David goes from a, a man in the pastures just thinking of his own life to a king over Israel. Let me tell you, if that's not a blessing in disguise, I don't know what is. Some of you have a promise in your life that you've been forsaking because you have refused to see the space you're in as an opportunity to seek after the heart of God. 
I'm not saying seek after this glory of God. I'm not saying seek after, I, don't, I can't imagine, you know, David, imagine this with you. I can't, I can't imagine David playing the harp and, and there's sheep around. I don't know if you guys ever have seen a real sheep. They're disgusting. They're disgusting. They're like covered in crap everywhere. There's mud everywhere. Their, their wool is, is gross. I can't imagine him just playing. It's like angelic, birds chirping. You know, like I'm sure he's playing, and some stupid sheep is running off and about to get himself killed. So he's like, "Oh Jesus! Oh shoot!" And he's like, "He has to go get him and, and bring him back." And he's like, "Okay, fine. Now nah, here I am." And then all of a sudden, there's a sheep like all of a sudden about to get eaten by a bear. It says he fought out bears and and tigers. I don't, I don't know where he lived. That's crazy. You know, and he's like, he has to fight them off with a sling. You know, he did that. But guess what? It was the posture and the condition of the heart that mattered to God. It wasn't the ambiance. It wasn't the environment. Your room could look as janky as you want. And you could still be in the presence of God. Because it's a matter of the posture of your heart. I want to say this. Because this message was, was quite heavy. I want to say this, that it is possible. It is possible for you to get to a place where you seek after the Lord's heart. Where you become this man or woman of God that is after God's heart. It's possible. I know maybe some of you guys, as I'm preaching, and I, I really hope this goes online today. I don't know. But I... I want to say this, whoever is here listening or whoever is here on Sunday, I'll, I want to say this, you might, you might have stopped believing that you could get there. Man, your heart is in the right place. You're like, man, man, I, 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 I want to be there. I want to be this person who is fully devoted to God, but it's just so hard. It's just too difficult. It's just too much. And I want to say this to you today. He's already made a way for you. Jesus has already made a way for you. I'm getting real distracted up now. I'm sorry. One second. Jesus has made a way so that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to beat yourself up and tell yourself to stop sinning. You don't have to beat yourself up and tell yourself that you're not good enough. You don't have to beat yourself up and say that you're not holy enough or you don't pray enough or read the word enough. All you have to do is trust that Jesus has made a way and follow the path in his righteousness. You can do it. But not in your strength. Not in your abilities. I'm sorry. You, 
If you've been trying in your own strength, I'm sure it's been tiring. And I, I'm sure you've already failed. It doesn't work like that. You got to lean on his strength. You don't have to, there's no formula to be a man after his heart. You just got to be after his heart. Uh, like, I wish there was a formula. I wish the Bible said, all right, A plus B equals C kind of thing. There's none. You just got to desire his heart. You just got to just gotta look for his heart. You got to pray for his heart. You got to read into his heart. You got to say, Lord, I, I want your heart. It's a heart issue. As we close, I want to charge you guys with this as we leave today. To devote yourself to prayer. There's an urgency that we must feel during times of trials and tribulation. And that urgency is not to prove a point, is not to say what we want, is to pray before God. The world would not understand. The world would tell you to, to don't just pray, do something. No, let me tell you something. No, prayer comes first, and it's the most important thing that we need in this season. We need to pray in this season like we've never prayed before because it's a season of hardship that we've never faced before. Let me ask you, have you been praying more since the, since the pandemic happened? Have you been praying more since, since the injustice and, and all the things on the news have been happening? Because that's the right response. So I want to charge you in this year to make this year a devotion to prayer. I know we're fasting for a month, maybe 21 days or whatever it is, but I want to charge you today to make this whole year a devotion to prayer. To say, Lord, I want to seek you this year. I want to devote 2021, the whole year, to you, God, in prayer. And I will not stop. I will not cease. I will continue to trust in you. Let me tell you, the timeline might not look the way that we want it to. But we must continue to pray and trust that his plans are higher than ours. We must. That's the only way we recognize that God is a sovereign God. The Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. So, Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you, O oh God, to give us a heart that desires for more of you. Lord, not a heart, Lord Father, that tries to appease what man desires, God. To appease, Lord Father, a crowd. But, Lord, a man or a woman, Lord Father, that will devote themselves to your heart, O oh God. Father, may you raise up men and women like David, O oh Lord. Men and women, Lord Father, that you declare are for your heart. And Lord, in this season, Lord, may we be devoted to prayer like never before. Father, may our prayer meetings bring life to our services. Lord, may prayer meetings, God, ignite our hearts for more. May prayer meetings, God, Move us into action, God. Not Sunday service, not, not revival services, but prayer meetings, God. May they shift us, God, to be more like you. We want more of you. We need more of you. So, Lord, have our hearts, oh God.
We thank you, Lord, for this ministry. We thank you, Lord, for being faithful. Holy Spirit, may you lead us every single day of our lives. We love you. We trust you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.